0: Welcome to Partners in the Gospel. I'm your host, Chaim Goldman, the Watchman. On Partners in the Gospel, we talk with ministry leaders, pastors, other local community members, as well as national influencers who are making a kingdom impact. And we are here, of course, on 100.7 FM, The Word, and also on podcast at The Word FM. One zero zero seven dot com. So make sure to check out all of our podcasts there today. On partners, we have Andrew Dalby, a friend of mine who is a Colorado Springs native. He's a local businessman. Even has a street named after him here in in town. Uh, and uh, he ran for mayor in 2023 in a field of a dozen people here, and uh, on this Partners in the Gospel, as we do, we're here to meet Andrew, find out about his faith, his testimony, but also what his uh, kingdom work here is in the city, because we want to encourage you by bringing people on who are actually doing something and don't quit, and that their faith is really what is is guiding them and is driving them most of all. But But they're not people just with their heads in the clouds. They have their feet on the ground, and they're trying to make sense of what's going on here. And we're going to theme out the show. We never exactly know where the interviews are going to go, but overall the theme is being a mature local church, how we are the church and we need to act in a mature way. So Andrew Dalby, welcome to Partners in the Gospel. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. So give us some about your background you know what it was like growing up here in the springs how you came to faith and you know about your life and let, let's let's meet Andrew Dalby a little bit now. Sure absolutely <laughs> so uh, I grew up here uh, in town
1: um, my parents got divorced when I was four so I'm a child of divorce and uh, then uh, we ended up On welfare, so I was I was raised by a single mom on welfare, and um, you know they say that uh, a lot of times you'll hear people in poor communities don't know how poor they are and everything. Well, that wasn't my experience, right? Uh, All my neighbors had more money than I did, and and I understood that my parents couldn't get me everything that they uh, that they wanted to, but uh, I didn't understand why Santa Claus was such a jerk. Uh, so it always seemed like he gave the, the the rich kids nice toys and I got nothing. So, um, he needed a bigger
0: chimney, I guess. Yeah. I,
1: well, I, I don't know, but, uh, you know, and, and so part of a lot of what I, my concern is, is not to lie to people. Right. And so when we tell our children, uh, Oh, Santa, he can see when you're sleeping and he sees all the good things and the bad things that you do, and he's going to judge you and, and reward you accordingly. Uh, and I heard that from my parents and from my Sunday school teachers and my school teachers and from the news. And, you know, we live here where NORAD is. And so every year they've got the NORAD Santa tracker. So the government and the military and the newscasters, they all told me that Santa was real. And so I, I believed them. And uh, then, and it sure sounded, you know, when you're a kid, Santa and Jesus sure sound a lot alike. And so um, when I, so I said, well, that's, when I learned that Santa wasn't, uh, wasn't what everybody said he was, then, I kind of threw Jesus out there too. People just lie to you to get you to do the way to do what they wanted to mm-hmm. act the way they want you to act, right? Oh, well, if you are nice, if you're, if you're not, if you're naughty, then you don't get anything. And if you behave yourself, then Jesus or Santa will, will give you some reward. So uh, I was, uh, so I rejected uh, the the faith of my parents at a, at a fairly young age um, and I was good in school. And so I, Went on to college to be a uh, to major in science. So my undergraduate degree is in, is in biochemistry. And um, as a scientist, I can never get to atheism because uh, I can because I can math. Right? That's what that's, that's why I always say is, is uh, I can math. So you can I see uh,
0: order in things. Right. Well, yeah. right.
1: Exactly. And so like you know you can hear all the different things different people say. But the thing that really got me is uh, I was in biochemistry uh, in a biochemistry class and. Uh, just folding of proteins if a protein is properly sequenced it 's already built just folding it has uh there it's just impossible there's there's like three hundred amino acids in albumin, which is a white of an egg and if it 's folded wrong, then you get white solid right that 's what happens when you cook it is it it unfolds and uh you can 't uncook an egg right but but and yet there's trillions of eggs that have trillions of albumin molecules and 're all folded exactly right. And I know that that's not just random chance. It's not possible. Right? There's no way that we evolve from a primordial soup. And so I never got to atheism because, you know, general revelation, no sense, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, that, that's what Romans says is that man is without excuse because you can look around. You can right. see that there's the creation a Creation testifies to Right. It, yeah. And so uh, aside from special revelation in the Bible, anybody can see that there's a God. Um, and so then i you know i i was in college i i lived according to the way that college students live and and tried to do do what uh um what i was told was what would be a fulfilling and satisfying life and uh then there's a few incidents and i won't get into them because they're maybe not family friendly mm-hmm. but um realized that you know I didn't have this life under control. And I thought maybe I'd give that Jesus guy a a second chance. So um, after college, I started going to first Presbyterian church downtown uh, after I graduated and moved back into town. Uh, And then we were involved in a Bible study and I, uh, I gave my life to Jesus on Ash Wednesday, 1995. So, and then I met my wife at first press at the, at the Bible study and we got married in 1998. Um, and then we we like i said in our other segment we uh we have six children now uh from 22 our oldest is 22 and our youngest is 4 and uh and so you we just
0: celebrated 25 years of and marriage
1: and we just celebrated 25 years of marriage yeah and
0: professionally
1: uh, so uh i majored in biochemistry because i believed it when people said that there were good jobs in math and science and then i realized no there are good jobs in engineering and technology but not in math and science and so um I went back and got my master's in computer information systems and uh, then I did that for about 20 years. I was a, I was a consultant that uh, information technology and, and systems engineer. So I did that for a while and then when my father passed away, I took over the family business, which is a storage facility on
0: 15 acres off of Powers that he purchased 50 years ago. Hmm. So... Now that you're fully involved with the church here, and also, as I mentioned, that you ran for mayor, um, what is it that you hoped to accomplish when you were running for mayor? You knew what you were up against. You knew that there were, you know, the political establishment here and the money and everything else. What was it that drove you to, to do that? What did you hope to accomplish in the race? Uh, that was in 2023.
1: Yeah, so um, there was... Kind of an old guard that had been in office since about the turn of the century. So when I graduated from college, my undergraduate, I I was in the Pacific Northwest, so uh, Tacoma, which is a suburb, basically, of Seattle. And so it was pretty leftist uh, Mm -hmm. up there, a a pretty uh, liberal environment. And so I moved back to Colorado, and, boy, it was a breath of fresh air, right? So we had just passed Tabor. We had just passed Amendment 2, which, if you don't recall, that was the uh, anti Gay people are a protected class um, law. So it had it said that it was illegal to declare that homosexuality was a protected class, which not that you could discriminate. It wasn't right. legal discrimination. It was
0: no special rights,
1: no special rights. Right. Um, and it got struck down by the Supreme Court, you know, along with all the other stuff that they put in, like Obergefell, where you have to have special rights now. But, um, But it was... It was a breath of fresh air. It was sanity, uh, and that, again, that was in the mid '90s when I came back to town. And you know, we were fiscally conservative. We were uh, the churches were dominant uh, in the area, and it just felt so much like a weight had been taken off of my shoulders. I have I have good friends who were missionaries in Saudi Arabia for a long time, and they said, you know, when they when they left. Saudi Arabia just felt like this evil weight was taken off of them and to to breathe fresh air again. And that's kind of how I felt. Um, But even though we still have an awful lot of Republican office holders here locally, it, it, uh, you know, we're we're inching closer and closer. and And then they're not even mounting an effective resistance against the state. They're not even trying. Right. So the Democrats do just absolutely crazy stuff. And, um, and, and they don't they don't give them any pushback. And so this happened after I ran, but this is a good example. And so last year, uh, the the Democratic supermajority passed Senate Bill uh, twenty three one ninety, which was the forced abortion law, right? Where they were uh, retaliating against uh, pregnancy crisis centers because of Roe versus Wade being overturned where, you know, Jane's revenge was going around and firebombing light pregnancy crisis centers. And you can't be pro choice and, and hate pregnancy crisis centers. Right. I mean, if you want to tell me, Oh, my body, my choice. That's a really salient argument. I agree completely. It's just that the baby's body's not your body. Uh, you know, uh, you do what you want to with your body. Just don't murder somebody else in the process. Um, but uh, you know, if a woman wants if a woman feels pressured and most women who get abortions feel pressured at some level either financially and I mean that's like the the pro argument right is oh well you're going to ruin their life they they won't be able to have the financial successes that they would if they had to raise a child so I mean at the very least it's a financial pressure to have an abortion, but then she changes her mind and decides to go to a pregnancy crisis center and and wants to get an abortion reversal pill. She's not allowed to do that under that law. It's clearly unconstitutional. Clearly, it's a a bill of attainder that was designed to uh, harass certain religious communities. It's clearly an infringement on uh, uh, freedom of religion. And it's clearly just a lie, right? Somehow, this law said that progesterone in high doses is perfectly fine and safe to give your boy (laughs) if he if he thinks that he might be a girl but it's not something that it's a pregnancy hormone but you can't give it to a pregnant woman because that would be unsafe it's just and i went to city council every every time that they met for months saying hey you should say something about this do something push back at all and there's there's no appetite for that
0: And so that's why you ran for mayor.
1: That's why I ran for mayor is because uh, even though people, you know, had an R after their name, they, they didn't sure, (laughs) they sure didn't look like it. And so I wanted to, I I was in a position where I had some financial and uh, time availability. So I, so I thought I could do something.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for trying and for continuing to do something in our community, even though you didn't win this time around i don't know if you're thinking about running again but we'll uh, i don't know if we're going to bring that up here you can bring it up if you want but when we come back uh here on partners in the gospel we're going to be getting more into the role of the church here and what it could be doing uh, to help our community in a better way has the church abdicate abdicated its societal responsibility on a local level we're going to be talking with andrew dalby about that when we return on partners in the gospel i'm Hyam goldman the watchman and we'll be right back Hi, my name is Scott Bottoms and I am a pastor of Church at Briargate and also a state representative and I'm excited about The Peak. This is a great radio program talking about local community information, talking to community leadership, asking tough questions and a Christian perspective on local politics and what's happening all over the region. So listen Monday through Thursday to The Peak, AM 1460, FM 101.1, The Answer. Welcome back to Partners in the Gospel. I'm Chaim Goldman, your host. So happy to have you joining us here on 100.7 The Word. Our guest for the entire program is Andrew Dowby. He's a Colorado Springs native, entrepreneurial businessman, and he ran for mayor in 2023. And we just finished uh, having him tell us about he wanted to people to do something, and so he decided to do it himself. But in this show, as this is Partners in the Gospel, we like to get into issues regarding the church, both things that are encouraging and things that we're maybe not pulling our weight so much. And as we know, it's just become an American society that you're not supposed to talk about religion or politics. But Andrew and I talk about that all the time, and you you may know me as the founder of Church Voter Guide, so I do that all the time. So we're going to get into it. Andrew, what is your uh, opinion of you know churches that say that getting involved in politics in any way is a distraction to the gospel, and so they choose to stay out of it. Yeah, I, you know that's a, that's a funny thing. When I
1: first graduated uh, from college and I got a first and I got a job and I, was, I got involved in uh, office politics, I was oh I don't want to be involved in office politics. But what I really meant was I just want to get my way all the time without arguing. Right? I mean, politics means. Interacting with people. The the polis is the city. It's a Greek word. It means living in community is what it means. And so uh, to say that you want to be a Christian, but you want to avoid politics is an oxymoron. The, you know, Jesus' commandments is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. What do you think that means? That is politics. So uh, the idea that the church can somehow fulfill its mission uh, without being involved in politics is… Just it's a non sequitur and doesn't make any sense.
0: But obviously it's difficult to do. So how do you you embody that church and state in yourself and, and have this both being a spiritual person, a Christian, someone who's that's your priority, but bringing it down into the governmental political level? How do we balance it?
1: Right. Well, I mean, because again, we're, we're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus, right? I mean, so whosoever does this to the least of, of these, then, then they do it to me, right? So how do you show your love to Jesus is to help your neighbor, uh, to be involved. And um, so I have a, a really, uh, I, I have some unusual ideas on things, but, you know, when the when the Declaration of Independence says there are certain unalienable rights that these are just part of who you are as a human being. These are God-given rights. They're not derived from the government. They exist before any government. But the flip side is that is there are some undelegable responsibilities, right? And so uh, the right to life means that you, uh, you have a right to self-defense, right? And, and so the Second Amendment is a good example of that. But you don't have a right to self-defense because of the Second Amendment. You uh, – I mean – Deer have a right to, to self-defense. It's not even just a human right. It's an it's a organism right, but it's also a responsibility. You can't say, oh, well, the cops will protect me because they can't. They can't be everywhere. You know, there's an old saying, I, I carry a gun because the cop is too heavy, right? <laughs> uh, so y- it's impossible for somebody else to do those things for you. You have to be involved. And so, um, you know, you have... Uh, you have a responsibility. Christ gave us the responsibility, both in how He created the the ordered universe, and also in His commands to the to the church, as He as He gave them the commissions that He gave them. You know, go and make all disciple, uh, disciples of all nations, but also, you know, feed my sheep, uh, do things to you know, be charitable, do the things that He He asks you to do. So. Um, it's easy to think, oh, that's politics. It's, you know, taking care of the poor and the needy and the homeless and and whatever, following the, or enforcing the law. Those are things that somebody else should be doing. Or even, you know, teaching my children the Bible. You know, we need to be disciplers in our own home first, right? The first thing you need to do is be in the Bible yourself, right? Get in your, get in the Word, pray, uh, and then, Disciple your children. That's why we decided to homeschool. Is I don't want the secular school authorities teaching my children all kinds of uh, you know gender dysphoric nonsense, or you know whatever communism. But I also don't want my church uh, youth group to be the uh, the people who are discipling my my children. That that's my job as a parent to disciple them and. You can delegate some of that. You can, you know, if you don't happen to be very good at math, you can go to a cooperative and and have somebody who's good at math instruct your child on math, but it's still your responsibility as a parent. You can go take your kid to Sunday school or to church, but it's your responsibility to disciple your own children, first and foremost, and then take it out of your home. So, you know... First in Judea, then in uh, then in Israel, and then okay, uh, first in Jerusalem, then in Judea, and then, the, uh, then most home. parts. Right, but so do it in your own home. Do it for yourself. Do it in your home. Then do it in your community. And maybe you don't go be a full time missionary, but but be a neighbor and uh, and find out where your neighbors have problems and help them.
0: Well, let's go to the flip side of that. Um, you know what the church can or, or, or shouldn't do, and regarding politics. Um, we probably disagree on this a little bit regarding like the life issue and what's politically expedient that we would certainly want to see abortion ended. But, but, you know, should we back something that's partial or, you know, only that's all the way. And, and I've heard you use the language, you know, it can't win. Right. But, but should the church be thinking in terms of like politics winning and losing as opposed to just what is true, what is right and bringing that to society. And is that, is that, you know, h- how do we navigate that when the church gets into politics, but then becomes political
1: in a way? Well, I think that that's a great example of, of the differentiation between politics and the church, right? So the church should be a beacon of truth and no compromise truth, right? So I'm an absolute abolitionist, right? I'm an abolitionist on slavery. I'm an abolitionist on murdering people, right? So at any age, at any age, right? right? So murder is wrong. And the Bible is very clear about this. And the church should be very clear about this, that any compromise on that, whether it's a six-week you know heartbeat law or it's a, an exception for race or incest. And I know that's hard, right? I mean, because we all care about people. You tell somebody that they've been raped and now they have to carry that, that person's child. I mean, because, you know, when it comes to a woman's choice, the point of choice is when you decide who you're going to sleep with, right? So you have a choice. If you don't want to get pregnant, don't do the thing that leads to pregnancy. But a woman who's been raped... Mm-hmm. Hasn't had that choice. And so to impose on her nine months of pregnancy and then r- raising a child and the constant lifetime reminder of, of that trauma, uh, of course, we have compassion on somebody like that. I would never wish that on anyone. But the answer isn't to murder the child. The answer is to hold the rapist responsible. And so uh, if you're a rapist, you should be executed there. I. Uh, that's not murder. I. So, But uh, so. But we shouldn't murder the innocent child. They're not the one who should be executed as a result of that crime. Uh, so I think that the church can be strong and a completely uh, unwavering and uncompromising in that regard, and have a good message. But then, what's politically possible? I mean, it's just like in in the founding of the of the country. We used to recognize that you know the southern economy was based entirely on slavery. And should we get rid of slavery? Absolutely. You know, all men are created equal. This is a real thing we should do this and the founders wanted to get rid of slavery but they also recognized that if they pushed the issue too hard they wouldn't get southern states on board and they and they would crash the economy and not that the economy is the end all be all right people should be free because they are free in christ because you know that's the, that's why people why we fought against slavery is because of the gospel so speak the gospel speak the truth freedom is God standard no slavery at all. And but you can only get what you can get. So as a politician, you may need to make some compromises and take what you can get. So, OK, now we can just have some restrictions. Maybe in Colorado, what we can what we can pass, you know, through uh, the legislative body or the uh, or, uh, you know, for, through referendum is partial birth abortion. And that's all we can get. So we should try it. And then when people realize that that's maybe not the end of the world, well, then maybe we push it back a little bit. Maybe we get to 20 weeks and then we can get to 12 and then we can get to six and then we can get to, you know, no, 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 no chemical or no surgical abortion.
0: Then no chemical abortions. OK, well, you're more of an incrementalist than I am. I, I just feel we should we should work to ban it and uh, completely. No, but I and I respect your position. I, I think I we just, should work to ban it. But right. but as much as we can at the time, take what you can get. Right. Well, I guess there's differing opinion on that. So, lastly, as far as being mature believers, because that's what this program is about, and being a mature church, what, what what is your encouragement? What What are you telling people out there to up their game to not to not be on milk, but to move to meat? Well, what is it that you'd like to say to people across the the to believers across the Pike Peak region about upping their game? So,
1: I heard a sermon once, and I thought it was really good. Is that it said that you know when Paul said that you were still on milk, you are still being fed doctrine. And so doctrine is fairly easy. Uh, you know, we can argue about different doctrines. Oh, is infant baptism permissible or not? Or, you know, should it be by immersion or, you know, should we have wine or grape juice? And th- those are fine. And, and intellectually there, there's some reason to do that. And I may have certain reasons and, and be very strong in my opinions on those. And I, I am, but, um, but then, the be doers of the word, not just hearers only, is what I think is the real key to being a mature Christian. So, uh, if you're going to the service to be fed, if you're going to hear a nice pep talk, um, then you're not really living as a as a mature Christian. You need to put some uh, put that into action. Do something. In the church, everyone who calls themselves a believer should be involved in some way in serving the body
0: and in serving their local community. Okay, Wonderful. Andrew Dalby, thank you so much for being on Partners in the Gospel Day. This was a very uh, interesting and challenging discussion. Thank you for being on. All right. Thank you. Uh, I'm Haim Goldman, the Watchman, and you've been listening to Partners in the Gospel on 100.7 FM, The Word. Catch all of our episodes and podcast on our website at thewordfm1007.com. And also check out The Peak, which is on our News Talk sister station, The Answer, AM 1460 and FM 101.1. That is Monday through Thursdays from 3 to 4 p.m. We're a local new conservative News Talk Uh, please check us out and also at thepeak.news that's thepeak.news now get out there into our local pikes peak community and be a mature believer put boots on the ground do something my brothers and sisters because this is the only city we have and we want to leave it well for our posterity thank you for joining us on partners for such a time as this shalom